This is Tips and Tricks for Teachers podcast, the podcast for lifelong learners. This podcast is for the new teacher who wants to learn some useful techniques and strategies that can help create positive outcomes in your classroom. It is also for the seasoned teacher who wants to try alternative approaches. Listen to quick ideas that are easily implementable in your classroom. I am Miss Joanna and I host this podcast. Today's topic is Alternative Assessments for Middle School or Upper Primary Levels. Perhaps one of the struggles of teachers nowadays is finding modifications that the shift to distance and remote learning requires. Lesson plans for classroom teaching no longer apply to distance and remote learning. The shift requires not only a change in modality, but a change in strategies, delivery, as well as assessment. Yes, we may still use the books and physical worksheets and test papers in hard copies that we are used to, but they should be used sparingly. Why, you may ask? There are several reasons. The first being, we do not have the time to collect these worksheets and test papers, mark them, and return them to the students on time. And even if we did have the time, that may not be the most efficient and effective way, especially at this time. Another way is to turn the worksheets into online versions. That is not wrong. However, I suggest that we do not blindly substitute the physical worksheets with their online versions. Now that our lessons are technology-heavy, we should find ways to maximize its use. We must go back to the lesson's objectives and then ask ourselves, which part of my lessons can I modify because I am using technology? How can I best integrate technology into my classroom? Is it by substitution or replacing what you used to do? Is it by augmentation or substituting your traditional methods by using online tools? Turning physical worksheets into online versions of the same worksheet falls under this category, augmentation. Or, are you using technology to modify your pedagogy? In other words, are your tasks, methods, and strategies different now because of computer technology? Are you having children listen to an audio or watch a video and record themselves perhaps? That is modification. Or are you using technology to redefine your virtual classroom? Are you seeing opportunities that were not there when you did not use computer technology? The degrees to which we integrate technology that I mentioned here, substitution, augmentation, modification, and redefinition, are from the SAMR model, a framework created by Dr. Ruben Puentadura. You may want to look that up um, some more on your own. For this episode, I will focus on some tips specifically on alternative assessments. These tips are aimed at, number one, allowing your classrooms to move from the enhancement phase of technology integration to transformation or the transformation phase, meaning a movement from mere substitution and augmentation to modification and redefinition. Number two, Helping you save time. 
so that you have more time to prepare for lessons or maybe even for self-care. And number three, allowing for more opportunities to inculcate 21st century skills in your classrooms. So here we go, today's big question. What alternative ways can I use to test students' learning? You may want to prepare to jot down notes from this as it will contain a lot of information that you may need to remember or explore on your own. So a paper and pen or your mobile phone or tablet would be um, helpful, should be ready for note taking. Do take note that these alternative assessments are based on the context of distance learning and remote learning. What is the difference? They both involve learning at a distance where the teacher and student are not able to meet physically. However, remote learning, as opposed to distance learning, would require some face-to-face -face time over video conferencing or web conferencing platforms like Zoom, Google Meet, or Facebook Rooms. All right. In episode one, I had already mentioned some tips for alternative assessment meant for lower grade levels. However, some of them may still be used for upper primary. Perhaps you may just need to um, tweak the instructions a bit, but they will still work. One of the tips is the use of mini whiteboards. These mini whiteboards um, can be raised to show students' answers during the face-to-face -face sessions. This can be replaced with hand gestures. I used to teach my students sign language for the letters F and O so that they can sign the appropriate letter when I present either to them during a lesson on fact or opinion. And during this lesson, I am also able to insert a quick lesson on disability awareness. So you may check out episode one for a few more suggestions, especially for English language teachers of grades one, two, and three. All right, here are the other tips. Tip number one, response cards. This is another version of the mini whiteboard. However, students would prepare these response cards beforehand. Perhaps you may give it as an assignment a few days before, so they have time to source the paper or cardboard and marker if they do not have them. Because you wouldn't want them to use a pen or a pencil because the text would be difficult to read. You want everyone to be able to read the response cards when raised during the face-to-face -face class. Make sure you tell the children approximately how big you want the paper or cardboard as well as the size of the text. Being clear about the instructions will save you so much time um, having to remedy response cards that are not legible or decipherable on the screen. Tip number two, entrance or exit tickets. Judging from its name, children submit the cards either as an entrance ticket to your class or as a permission to exit. Ask the students a question whose answer sums up the main idea of the lesson or a question or two about crucial parts of the lesson. Typically, this can be a piece of paper that the students literally hand in when they enter or exit the classroom. So what might you be able to use for these in today's remote learning classroom? For exit tickets, you may ask the students to send you a direct message in your um, LMS or learning management system. Um, and as you receive the messages, you may call the students' names one by one and permit them to leave. 
If not direct messages, you may also use Google Forms and send them a link through the chat in Zoom or through the message boards or through whatever platform you are using. They click on that link and they answer the question in the form. Just make sure that if you are not using Google Suite for your classes, that the settings of the Google Form is set so that anyone with a link can access it. No need for any login or registration. Google Forms can also be used as entrance tickets. Requiring entrance tickets is a strategy to use to make the students accountable for the work that you have asked them to do in their own individual learning space. In other words, homework. They are to show that they did their homework and you are able to determine if they understood the concepts by reading their submitted entrance tickets. Again, this can be in the form of answers to one or two questions. It is up to you, but the idea here is that they are supposed to be short answer items, just getting the gist of the learning. So this is more for formative assessment, more than summative. This is not an exhaustive list, of course. There are other ways to collect entrance or exit tickets. Be creative. Tips number four and six, a little later on, may also be applicable here. Tip number three, use online discussion tools that promote engagement. For instance, create discussion boards and curate the task in such a way that a student creates a thread, meaning he or she posts an answer to your question, then also replies to two classmates' posts. In total, each child will post three times, one thread starter and two replies. This fosters discussion among the students and allows for critiquing one another's work. You will have to create a rubric for this activity. The good thing is, you only need to create one set of rubrics and use it again and again whenever you assign a similar task. Where might you be able to set up discussion boards? Here are some options found on the web. Pro boards, now comment. Kialo, K-I-A-L-O, Yo Teach, Y-O-T-E-A-C-H, Board Host, and Forum Motion. The best thing about these is that they are free. There, there are others um, that are paid apps. You may surf the web if that is your preference. If you are using Moodle, Google Classroom, Canvas, or Blackboard, then you are able to create discussion boards within the platform. There is also an option to make discussion boards using Google Suite. One is creating Google Groups. Google Groups allows you to create forums within the group so you and the students may have discussions there. Another option is the use of Google Slides. The file is shared with everyone in the class and the students add a slide to answer the question given. You may check out a discussion template that is already available on the web. A teacher named Alice Keeler generously shared her template, so look that up. I've seen it and it's pretty easy to use. So that's Google Slides Discussion Template by Alice Keeler. Tip number four. This is another online discussion tool for promoting engagement. Padlet. Padlet is like a graffiti wall activity that is done digitally. 
It is an online space where students can post their ideas, thoughts, connections, quotes, questions. This can be used as a springboard for discussion in pairs or groups or the entire class. As an assessment tool by itself, it is for formative assessment and for getting general impressions of the student's level of understanding of concepts and not really for summative results. Tip number five, still a tool for promoting engagement, Nearpod. Nearpod has many features for student activities as well as assessments. It is similar to PowerPoint, but it is interactive. Students can answer multiple choice or open-ended questions. They can even draw. It is also possible to scroll through students' answers and choose to share a student's response on the screen. Tip number six. As mentioned in episode five, Mentimeter and Paul Everywhere are worth exploring to gather students' responses as well. My tip for you, if you would like to use it as individual assessment, is to require the students to type their names as part of their response so that you can identify whose each response is. If you think that students would not like the idea of having their names and answers shown on the screen, maybe they'll feel embarrassed or they'll be shy, consider class numbers or pre-assigned pseudonyms. I will pause here for now. I think that that is a deluge of information for one sitting. So there um, are a few more tips for next week's episode on alternative assessment tools for middle school or upper primary. So to recap, tip number one, response cards. Tip number two, entrance or exit tickets. Tip number three, discussion boards. Tip number four, Padlet. Tip number five, Nearpod. Tip number six, Mentimeter or Paul Everywhere. Next week, I will talk about videos for reflection, giving audio feedback for students' writing or any written work, screencasting, and more. You may do some advanced Googling for now if you wish to explore these items. Those are my tips for today. I hope that they are all helpful to you. Should you have any questions or feedback, feel free to contact me by visiting missjoannaisateacher.wordpress.com or missjoanna underscore teacher on Instagram. You can leave a message there or find other ways to contact me. Again, this is Miss Joanna and this is Tips and Tricks for Teachers. I hope you tune in again next week for the continuation of the topic Alternative Assessment Ideas for Middle School or Upper Primary. Thank you again to my friend Larson for helping me come up with this topic. See you then.